So welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 87. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My majority call sign is W2LAE. And this podcast is here to teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. Now, this session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. And yes, East Coast Pagers is one of my many online companies. Now, I want to let you know about a promotion that I haven't let you know about yet. This is a promo by Swiss Phone. Now, if you trade in any working pager, that's anything, any pager under the sun, basically, as long as it works, it includes a desktop charger. That's a $50 trade-in credit to a Swiss Phone 360 or Swiss Phone S-Quad voice. So all you got to do to qualify this is let me know you have a trade-in. Again, any working pager will qualify you for a trade-in as long as it comes with a desktop charger. And it's $50 off your brand new Swiss Phone S-Quad 360 or S-Quad voice pager. Again, you can contact me at phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. So again, welcome back to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this podcast is always here to help you learn more about the scanner radio hobby, which is exactly what we're going to do today. We have a great interview lined up. Before we do that, though, I want to uh, just let you know I've been going live on Facebook the last couple of days. And um, if you haven't been watching that or haven't been a part of that, you can join our Facebook group by going to scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. And in there, I've been kind of teasing the future uh, podcast episodes, let you guys know what's coming down the pike. Also, to let you know that the Facebook uh, Q&A sessions are coming back for the first Saturdays at this point, the first Saturdays of each month. It looks like will be the uh, the planned date on those. Uh, we're going to do those also on YouTube as well. So I know some people don't like Facebook, and I am uh, looking at ways to get around uh, that because I want to make sure everybody here is included as far as the community goes. And speaking of community, I want to know what you guys want to be called. Um, you know, I was, we had different things brought up over on the Facebook group, uh, the scanner school students, scanner school classrooms, scanner school classmates, uh, lockout group, lockout kids. Uh, we had scanner freaks, which I, I kind of like, but again, too, I don't want to call anybody a freak and then have them get annoyed at me. So there's a lot of different things out there. So I want to know also what you think. So if you want to just email me, phil at scannerschool.com, just let me know, even in the subject line, just let me know what you think would be a good suggestion to be, uh, to call the community because I would like to address you guys as well. I am really leaning towards a Scanner School student because I have something coming really soon when we hit around episode number 100, which is going to be November, and um, the, the Scanner School student is really going to tie in nicely with that. But again, too, this is why I'm asking the questions now so I can plan ahead. So right now, we've got a great interview with uh, Bren Hilburn. Now, I've already introduced Ben through the interview process, so instead of it duplicating that and saying things twice, I'm just going to push you off right now into the interview. So with that, I'll catch you on the other side. Okay, I want to welcome Ben Hilburn to the podcast today. Now, ben is the project lead of GNU Radio. And if you're not familiar with GNU Radio, you will be by the end of this episode, and uh, you may be surprised on how much GNU Radio has in some of the software that's out there today and uh, just how important this project is. So, Ben, thank you very much for being part of uh, Scanner School today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm really excited to, to chat through this. So before we get started on what GNU Radio is and all the stuff that you do with it, uh, why don't you take a moment and explain or tell us who you are and, and how you got started with uh, the radio 
a hobby? Oh, sure. I so I I actually kind of fell into software radio. I was uh, a computer engineer in school, and by I was looking for work while I was an undergrad, and by pure chance I stumbled across uh, a software sort of development technician assistant. It was a very junior role uh, that was being offered by a research lab at my university, Virginia Tech. And uh, that was what I was into. And so I went in and interviewed for the position and got it, not really paying much attention, frankly, to what it was that the research lab did. Uh, and as it turns out, it was a wireless research lab. And I discovered that, you know, this is actually really, really cool. And I really like everything going on around me. So I sort of took my computer engineering coursework and turned it towards uh, some of the more double E-ish topics and got into radio and then uh, continued on in grad school uh, working directly on software radio. And that's really where I first got introduced to or first really started working on radio and working directly on uh, software radio development and then from there you know I, I built my career uh, in the field excellent so it's it sounds pretty interesting how you just stumbled upon this and and turned a hobby into a project and more of a passion project than as it sounds like as a career as well so let's talk about uh, GNU radio we're saying that right it's GNU radio you are, right. yes. GNU yep. Radio. Yep. Sometimes you don't know if the G is silent or not. But So let's talk about what GNU Radio is. And um, on, on a very basic level, uh, let's talk about first what it is and then what it is that you do with uh, GNU Radio. What makes you the project lead for this piece of software? Sure, yeah. So uh, GNU Radio is our, our sort of elevator pitch line is uh, GNU Radio is a toolkit for building software radio applications. Uh, now, if you're, you know, if you're deeply familiar with software for radio, there's, you realize that that just kind of skims the surface of what it is Gnu Radio does. Uh, so diving into a bit more detail, Gnu Radio provides a set of tools, so uh, like design tools and software instrumentation. Uh, it provides blocks for interfacing directly with hardware. Uh, for the most part, software radios, although there are some other things like test instrumentation, uh, you know, like benchtop instrumentation. Uh, a l library of blocks for processing. Some of these are as simple as an add block, for example. Uh, you know, something that's medium-ish complexity might be like a noise generator. And then we have things all the way up to like polyphase filter bank blocks. And uh, then finally, what is known in the good radio parlance as the scheduler. Uh, it's it, probably the more layman term for it is the runtime. So in order to, uh, if you imagine using what we call GRC, the Gnu Radio Companion, which is our design tool where uh, you connect a bunch of blocks in a flow graph that describes a radio application, there has to be something that is behind the scenes saying, okay, I understand what it means for block A to be connected to block B, and I understand how to move data uh, off of this hardware device and into this processing block. And so that's what the runtime does. Uh, and at a high level, that is what Gnu Radio gives you. So uh, if you're talking about Gnu Radio as the Gnu Radio software distribution, it is that collection of software. Uh, these days, there's a lot more going on under the Gnu Radio umbrella. We have a number of other sub-projects, uh, specification standards efforts. Uh, there's all kinds of research and undergraduate and graduate curriculum development. And uh, there's, there's a lot of going on under 
the Goon Radio umbrella, uh, which we at that point would think of more of like an ecosystem or community. Um, so that's kind of two sides to that. Uh, there's there's the Grandio project itself, and then the community and everything happening within it. Uh, and then in terms of my role, so I am the project lead, and uh, there's kind of two main parts of that. Uh, well, actually, I, there's a smaller part of that, and then the real part of it. So the small part of it is uh, GNU Radio, as indicated by the name, is part of what's known as the larger GNU project. So the GNU project is run by the Free Software Foundation. Uh, it's an umbrella organization that runs many, many different free software projects. Uh, pretty much every computing device that you use is using GNU software in it. Um, and so every GNU project has a single primary maintainer who is responsible for shepherding that project and running it on behalf of GNU. And that is me. Uh, now, realistically, there, there are some projects that are very, very tied into the Free Software Foundation. Everything they do is part of the larger GNU effort. Uh, GNU Radio is not, that's not so much the case. We operate um, almost entirely uh, independently in terms of project direction and what we choose to do. Uh, and so really, most of my job as project lead is uh, making sh making it possible for our worldwide developer and user bases to continue working on the project to get done what they want to get done, uh, to be able to make use of it, uh, find resources and make them available to the community. Um, you know, it's really about, we have an incredible community of people who are all doing amazing things and it's mostly about making it possible for them to keep doing that. Okay. So you talk about it's a whole community event. So it's not a commercial establishment. It's you're kind of overseeing, a bunch of volunteers and a bunch of uh, people who are who are contributing right to the GNU project. Yeah, that's a really good distinction. I, I kind of uh, I probably assumed too much there that we are um, a large open source project. So, and I guess that's the, even that assumes too much. There's some open source projects that are. Uh, backed by a very large commercial company, like uh, TensorFlow, for example, right? TensorFlow is a Google open source project. Uh, most of the people who are developing TensorFlow are salaried Google engineers. It's run by Google, the company. Uh, it's open source in that it uses an open source software license so that anyone can go and use it. But uh, the people working on it are paid to work on it. That is generally not the case with GNU Radio. GNU Radio uh, is a true community driven project and we rely almost entirely on uh donated and volunteer time and by donated time i mean in some cases employers who use Gunner radio very heavily are willing to donate a small portion of their employees time to work on Gunner radio uh but but they do that sort of at the behest of the community and community direction there is no one company or one entity that decides what Gunner radio is or where it goes we are a community-driven software distribution. Right, and because of that too, I mean, the people aren't getting paid to actually contribute either, right? It's all 100% pretty much volunteer. Yeah, that's right. Now there are, um, there's some hand-waviness there. So there's a number of companies, for example, where they hire people specifically because of their Guna Radio expertise. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, they are Guna Radio developers within the company, for example. Um, but their, right, their, their job description is, you know, you will develop Guna Radio for the company's interests. That, that's different mm -hmm. from you will develop to make contributions to Guna Radio, right? 
So there's there's kind of this this difference between uh, you know being a consumer of good radio and creating uh, con- contributions that that we call we, when you push it back to the project we call it upstreaming, uh, creating contributions that you then upstream back to the project, which is uh, heavily um, volunteer time. Gotcha. So now, if say somebody wanted to try out GNU Radio, what would they need to do on their end? So I mean, obviously, I, I'm kind of leading you to this one. I know it's several operating systems can be can be picked from here, and mm-hmm. um, you know maybe you want to talk about a couple of different ones here and which one you would prefer, and how easy is it to uh, to get started with GNU Radio and just at least get it uh, loaded onto your computer and is this way you got a blank workspace. Yeah, so there are a lot. <laughs> you kind of alluded to it. There's a lot of <laughs> options. Yes. Um, so uh, I, I will say that the only canonically supported operating system are Linux-based operating systems. Okay. Uh, I, m- Windows is supported with third-party installers that are uh, created by a volunteer, uh, and for the most part, they work pretty pretty well. Uh, Jeff does a, a actually a really fantastic job. Um, but they are not canonically supported by the project. Uh, Mac OS support, for the most part, actually is pretty solid. One of the Radio core devs is an ardent uh, Mac user, and he maintains Mac ports for Radio. Okay. And so, you know, if you're on OS X and you're a Mac port user, you should be able to port install or, you know, whatever the relevant command is, Radio. And for the most part, that seems to just work for Mac users. Um, Linux users, on the other hand, have a lot of more options. So um, the, you know, I'm going to go, if you're, if you're want to dive in as deeply as possible and become a good radio developer, and this is what all the developers do because we're working directly with the source code. Um, we build everything from source ourselves. You know, it's an open source project, so you can go and grab the source code from, from GitHub, uh, download it, compile it, install it, you know, do all of that manually. Um, if you're just consuming GNU Radio, there's no real reason for you to go through that process. Um, and we, GNU Radio is actually packaged by almost every major Linux distribution at this point. So if you're using Ubuntu, which is by far and away the, the most widespread operating system within the GNU Radio community, um, and probably actually within the Linux community more broadly, right? Uh, there are official packages. So on Ubuntu, you can apt-get install GNU Radio, and it will just work. Uh, the maintainer of those Debian and Ubuntu packages is Maitland Bottoms, who uh, is a core contributor for GNU Radio, and that's part of what he contributes to the project. Uh, there's also packages for Red Hat and Fedora and Arch Linux and several others. So for the most part, if you're on a fairly mainstream um, Linux distribution, you should be able to install it through your package manager and just go. Um, if you're hoping to dive into the source code, um, you have a few more steps, but you know the source code is easily available. Okay, sounds very good. Now, because uh, so you, so you hit everything basically I was looking for that one. So basically, Windows isn't recommended because I guess it's just it's it's a little bit complex with the uh, packaging. Yeah, um, and I, I should say that you know Microsoft is is putting a lot of resources behind the Windows. Uh, subsystem for Linux, um, and supposedly we'll be shipping actually full Linux kernels and in in future distributions It's amazing, of right? Windows. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, you know, we're, we're keeping a close eye on that, um, and we've already seen a couple people in the community who've actually stood GNU Radio up and are running it on Windows through, win, to, through WSL. There are aspects of it that aren't fully supported yet, especially some of the graphical things that we do. Um, and hardware gets tricky there because a lot of hardware vendors who are building software radios or test bench instrumentation are, don't provide uh, Windows driver interfaces. 
So there are still some limitations, but we're kind of excited about WSL and that it might give us a, you know, a foot in the door to Windows. Okay. So, I mean, I'm a Mac user, you know, almost now primarily. I mean, I, I kind of started ditching Windows as much as I can, minus the radio stuff. So uh, it's, it's good to hear that it does work on the Mac. And I am very, uh, very, very... I wouldn't say so super knowledgeable where I'm dangerous, but I have the ability to play around with Linux to uh, be able to compile stuff and all that. So uh, you hit that one on, on what I was looking for too, with what type of uh, uh, flavor or distribution of uh, of Linux would, would work. One question I have here, though, is Raspberry Pi. Is there enough horsepower in a Raspberry Pi? Or have you guys run this on Raspberry Pis at all? Yeah, actually, that's a really cool question. So uh, Gnaridio has been running on Raspberry Pis for a long time uh since raspberry pi one okay um wow. and uh so one of the i sort of mentioned earlier on that you know uh, good radio if you as an umbrella has some sub projects within it that are uh an important part of good radio but not uh within good radio within the, the good radio software distribution one of those is a project called volk uh it's v-o-l-k uh it's libvolk.org and that stands for Vector Optimized Library of Kernels. And so in order to run uh, signal processing intensive applications like those that you would create with Green Radio on systems like the Raspberry Pi, you can, this is kind of what you're alluding to, you kind of have to do some special stuff. Uh, you have to make use, heavy use, of what's known as uh, SIMD operation, single instruction, multiple data, uh, where, so that the simplest, ex- the simplest description of this is if you imagine taking an entire vector and doing the same mathematical operation on every uh, every index of that vector simultaneously. So instead of sort of saying, okay, index zero, add a value. Index one, add a value. Index two, add a value, right? You take the entire vector, you do it all at once. Um, that's SIMD. And so that is critical in uh, signal processing applications. So most cell phones now, for example, have what's known... Uh, well, the architecture is a little bit changed now, but what was known as an MPU in it, a media processing unit, and that's what, for example, decoded and encoded video on your phones. And the reason for that is because those MPUs ha- had the SIMD operations for accelerating the computation. And so that's what Volk does. Volk is a library of kernels that provides SIMD operations that are commonly used in radios. Uh, and so Volk is part of the Good Radio umbrella. So Good Radio obviously makes use of Volk. And that's how we are able to run some fairly, fairly intensive uh, radio flow graphs on a Raspberry Pi um, relative to, you know, its, its computational capabilities. So Excellent. that was a very long answer, way of saying, yes, we absolutely run on the Raspberry Pi. <laughs> uh, and we have some very specialized uh, libraries to make that even better. Okay. So before we get too, too involved, I had one question that I started. I, I, I was trying to figure out a way to uh, bring us one, but I'm just going to come in with it. But how long has GNU Radio been in development for? I mean, when did it actually start? Good question. 2001. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's fairly mature then at that point, then. I mean, it's, it is. Yeah. So uh, GNU Radio, so the, the GNU Radio was originally founded by uh, Eric Blossom. And uh, the, the story, do you, I don't know how much, how much of the backstory you want here. Um, but John Gilmore, uh, originally funded Eric Blossom for some code creation. This was back. I don't know if you 
remember what was happening um, with DRM in the early 2000s, mm. but this was in the days of – this was when the uh, TiVo was new to the scene or DVRs were new to the scene. Right. And so all the cable providers were lobbying Congress to create the don't copy bit. Um, so this was going to be a bit that uh, broadcast providers wanted – were going to stick in their transmissions and con- and they wanted Congress to make it illegal – for you to record a television broadcast that had this bit set to one. Kind of like the old VHS or v- VCR Betamax debate way back when, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the, with the home yeah. movies, it just comes full circle all over again, right? Right. So Congress was considering this because they were being lobbied very heavily. And uh, there were some people who thought this was ridiculous. Um, and so it's sort of a demonstration of, okay, this security by making numbers illegal thing is not going to work for you. Uh, the idea for radio, uh, kind of got rolling, uh, with the idea that, okay, we could build something completely open source software, uh, with rudimentary hardware, rudimentary radio hardware that just ignores that bit and effectively demonstrates the fallacy of this strategy. Uh, and that, you know, this is not, Congress should not be lobbied for something like this. Um, and that's actually, and it's, it's the very first thing that Gun Radio did, the very first application that Gun Radio was developed for actually was ATSC, uh, broadcast television. And so the first proof of concept uh, that, hey, this project is going somewhere was decoding live uh, broadcast television. That's actually pretty neat. That's a, that's a great way to start. I mean, I had no idea that that's, you know, I, I, I got into GNU Radio just in, in, in uh, research. I've actually never installed GNU Radio and put my hands on it or into the software itself, but um, I never knew it started all the way back then. I just thought it was just a platform that, you know, to play around with and build build framework for radio. So that's actually really neat. Yeah, it has a long history at this point. Uh, it's old enough to vote. <laughs> yeah, it depends where you are, right? It's all of the drink, oh, too. Oh, true, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So... Um, so it runs on several operating systems, right? It runs pretty well on the Raspberry Pi, you were saying. Um, I'm looking through here my notes as well, too. So um, let's let's back up a bit, right? Let's just say we've installed GNU Radio, right? It's We launch it. We're looking at a blank screen. I mean, what are who, – who is this geared for? Is it geared for somebody who can wants to build something that can listen to FM radio? I mean, obviously, it could do a whole lot of stuff. So how – Let's let's look at it this way. Is this a piece of software that somebody um, with no programming language, no programming skills, can take a couple of these boxes and turn their, I guess, an SDR card, um, a software-defined radio, uh, USB stick, and get it into doing something that it can monitor the local, you know, uh, over-the-air FM radio or something like that pretty easily? Yeah, so... Maybe. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so the, the, the goal is definitely what you just described. Uh, that is we, we want to be in the place where someone can app get installed good radio. You know, they fire up the, uh, GRC, um, you know, that GRC is the, the graphical design tool that mm-hmm. pretty much everyone thinks of when they think of good radio. Right. Basically and, from there, you just take, you just take blocks and connect the lines and, and, and physically exactly. make Okay. Exactly. And so the goal would be, you know, you'll be able to open that up. You connect blocks together. Um, you don't have to understand anything else about what's happening underneath the hood in terms of software design and everything just works. Uh, and that to be fair, like realistically that, that really does happen. Uh, it's not uncommon at this point. Uh, Grineo has reached a point of maturity where that absolutely is possible. Um, 
depending on the level of complexity that you want to dive into, realistically, though, some software knowledge is going to be required. Um, certainly, you don't need to be like a kernel-level C++ hacker, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of the good radio developers are, but that's also because they're developing the runtime. Like For, for sure, most good radio users are... Uh, not down in the you know in the trenches of software development like that, um, and really what I would say is the knowledge required to be the most the area that requires the most knowledge to be successful with Gun Radio is within radio itself or at least an interest in learning radio. So to 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 give you some example um, to perceive broadcast FM uh, that example you just gave so. If you would need to know, okay, you know, I have a software radio device. I need to use a block that represents the drive, you know, represents that device. I need to understand things like I'm going to set a sample rate. I'm going to set a gain. I'm going to set a center frequency. Uh, I'm going to take the output of that block and connect it to, um, you know, uh, an FMD mod block and set a couple parameters in that block appropriately. Um, you know, I need to, maybe I need to resample it for my audio card. If my audio card has a different sample rate than the output of my D mod. Um, yeah, there's a couple things like that, right. Where you kind of okay. need to be aware of radio concepts. Um, but, uh, especially for some of those early ish, uh, applications, like we consider receiving broadcast FM to be the hello world of good radio. Right. There are tons of guides and tutorials and examples and YouTube videos and that kind of thing. So realistically, you need to know a little bit about radio or at least want to learn a little bit about radio to successfully design good radio flow graphs. Um, but depending on the level of complexity that you're operating at, I mean, there's right there's tens of thousands of good radio users right now doing things. So there's a large community that you can pull from. Okay, so yeah, that was a that was kind of a, a good, uh, good thing you brought up there too. So basically, if the hello world, right, was just listening to exactly hello world listen to the world basically over yeah. the air um yeah. and there's building blocks but you have guides and like you said there's, there's videos out there so somebody can take just that basic uh simple module and i assume that maybe you have these built already as a module or you can just take this entire receiver and, and drop it in maybe as, as yeah a that's kit. right okay yeah um but then from there you can build upon it so i guess you would be able to build in maybe uh, a set of filters to kind of uh, narrowband filters or something like that or uh, maybe you have a whole thing in that that, I mean, I'm just thinking here. I mean, you have probably something that does P25 uh, demodulation and puts that together or a DMR do. and NXDN and all that stuff. So, yep. okay. And so basically, instead of taking software that's already available, this gives the user the ability to actually build their own and understand that if you take this module here and you tweak it, this is what happens to it. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, we, when we distribute example reference reference designs and example applications that are just flow graphs, right? You open it up mm-hmm. and it's okay. I see these blocks and they're connected and they do a thing. Um, and then you can modify them or edit them or add functionality or, you know, say, okay, you know, I want to go from receiving a single, you know, broadcast FM channel to receiving 10 and I want to demodel all of them simultaneously and write them all to files and then go post pro- like, here's It's very easy to uh, take very simple concepts in good radio and then expand them into something much bigger. Right. Uh, it's, a lot and, and safer, I, it's a lot safer to do this and to play around with a $6,000 radio and figure uh, yeah. out you, 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 you can't do anything with it today. You know, <laughs> you turn the wrong pot <laughs> yeah. too many times. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, the community is so big, right? I mean, if you're, and this is, this is very common. If uh, there's lots of people who use good radio who don't even have radios. 
right? Because okay. uh, if you all you need for, is a is a recording from someone, uh, you know the the IQ or samples written to disk, and you can read those in and get radio and, and use it just like the radio device was there, right? The, your flow graph knows no different. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, there's and there, there's there's plenty there's plenty of that. So let's go back then, because you said you have the the graphical kit. Uh, will this run command line and just run without the whole, like once you got everything squared away, can you save it as, I guess, something you can call up and just run it in the background uh, yep. without needing the whole visual? Yeah, so the, the graphical tool actually just generates, when what it's doing when you click run is it actually generates a Python file and then okay. executes that Python file. Gotcha. Um, so that's how you're running it, I guess, then on the Raspberry Pi then? You just have the Python file and, I mean, you, you would create this on a desktop and then save it over to the Pi and let the Pi just operate the, the Python file? Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, this, describing the flow graph is even just XML. Uh, okay. Although, I, well, actually, I should say, it used to be XML, now it's YAML. Um, but anyways, it's just, it's just markup language. It describes, okay, I have these blocks and they're connected in this way. Um, when you, you can then process that flow graph with Gun Radio. You don't need the graphical design tools to, to do any of this, by the way. Um, it just makes it easier. You can take that YAML file and process it and generate a Python file. And that Python file is what is your actual Gnu Radio application. And then you can run that. You can also run pure C++ flow graphs, um, and which is more, right, it generally uses less resources, is more optimized. Um, but the Python itself, actually, you can make direct calls down into C++ um, to get that level of optimization and performance, which is on the Raspberry Pi generally what you're doing, because you really are you know, trying to eke as much as possible out of an embedded system like that. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. So it sounds like, I mean, this is a very impressive toolkit that you guys have spent the last 18 plus years developing and, and, and working on and have lots of volunteers contributing to. And um, I'm sure there's other pieces of software that are built upon GNU Radio that are pretty popular and used to, today. I mean, is that, would that be a good assumption? Oh, yeah, absolutely. GNU Radio okay. is uh, packaged uh, within and part of uh, many other you know, very large-scale um, software radio projects. One of my, one of my favorites is uh, Satnogs. Are you, are you familiar with Satnogs? I've, I watch them a lot on Twitter, and I would love to have them yeah. on the podcast, so I haven't reached out to them yet. But um, I, I'm very intrigued by how Satnogs work because I, I understand it's a whole, like, global network of volunteers who have radios that monitor satellites, and they all kind of pool their resources together to create uh, almost like a blanket coverage of uh, the satellites as they pass. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, you can go to the you go to the Setdogs website, and it'll show you a map of the world, right, where all of these ground stations are, and you can click on a ground station and just start receiving, receiving satcom signals from that ground station, uh, and everything is fully open source. So even the 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 hardware design of those ground stations is open source designs. The software is Gnu Radio open source flow graphs, right? It's it's an entirely open source satellite ground station that's accessible over the internet to anyone. Uh, and they have an entire network of these. I mean, it's like a, I mean, it, it's, it represents a greater, you know, satellite monitoring capabilities than most governments in the world have, right? It's, yep. it's incredible. It um, is. I just, yeah. I mean, just watching what they have like on their Twitter stream, I guess it was at sat, N-O-G-S, Satnox, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and if anybody who wants to check them out after the, actually after the podcast, don't do it now. Um, <laughs> it's just the, the, just like what you're saying, it's unbelievable, like what they are posting and the information they're gathering. And, um, it's, it's, you can 
they, they, right, they pull their resources together. So somebody might be receiving something downstream and they get three or four people to get the same information. They, they build these, these pictures and, and images or they get the whole telemetry and all this other stuff that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild what they're pulling in. In fact, right, they even have uh, their antennas or it could be as simple as just a regular antenna where they got the, you know, the pair of Yaggies with the, with the, uh, the dual tilt on them so they can, yeah. they can pan up and down left and right. So yeah, it's, it, it's really neat. It is. Really I, neat. I, but yeah, I really want to all... get involved, but it's just, you know, time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, I know, I know how that goes, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's good radio under the hood. Um, nice. and there's, there's several, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like that. And, um, Do you have uh, another example of maybe something else that, uh, sure. Um, actually, so something completely different. There's, um, so there's a group called uh, Open Source Radio Telescope Project, okay. and uh, they are a group that's focused on STEM education. Uh, and what they do is they teach science and engineering and mathematics to middle and high school students through the lens of radio astronomy, because um, it actually is fairly simple to build um, a radio telescope for radio astronomy, and you can receive really really cool uh, measurements about you know, different things in the cosmos. Um, and so, you know, they have the, they, they work with these students, they build these radio telescopes, they connect them to, uh, low cost software radios and, uh, have designed good radio flow graphs or, you know, help the students build good radio flow graphs that sit behind them. And then, you know, take on these radio astronomy measurements that, you know, just a few decades ago would have been groundbreaking. And now, you know, we have middle and high schoolers doing this with open source software and hardware. Um, so it's, they're, I, I, I love OSRTP. They do amazing stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm re- I get really excited every time, you know, they, they come up in the community or they come to GRCon and talk. That's pretty, pretty neat. So let's talk about that. Uh, you reminded me about that. I, I actually went to your website today just to do a quick refresh on what new radio was. And I saw the conference. So let's talk about the conference. What's, uh, what's that about? And when are you guys holding it? So, uh, GR, yeah, GRCon is our annual, is our largest annual event. We have several, uh, it's generally the third week of September. We're not locked to that. Like, that general time frame would be fine. It just so happens that the last few years in a row, it's always been the third week of September. So this will be our ninth year holding the conference. And uh, we're at about 350-ish attendees per year. Um, and it's a week-long event with uh, four days of Monday through Thursday are uh, tech talks and tutorials, um, you know, new user workshops, uh, that sort of thing. And then Friday is focused on we call it the Dev Summit. We used to call it the Hackfest, actually, but uh, we received feedback from some attendees that their employers uh, raised an eyebrow at the name mm. Hackfest. So now it is the Developer Summit. Uh, and then so Friday is focused on um, it, it because GRCon's uh, development community is so global. Um, it represents pretty much the only time every year that we have the majority of uh, the core development team in one place. So Friday is a, is our opportunity to make use of that. Gotcha. But this is pretty much open to anybody who wants to attend? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's open okay. registration. Um, yeah, we, we welcome everybody. Um, you know, this year, you know, now GRCon is, uh, what, five, six weeks away. Um, it's in Huntsville, Alabama this year. Our theme is uh, space, uh, space and rocketry, um, which is why we're in Huntsville. 
Gotcha. But uh, yeah, so I mean, the, the program is full now and you can go and you can see the schedule of talks uh, and keynotes and tutorials and workshops. Uh, registration is open. Everyone's welcome to attend their student rates, um, especially if you, you know, are coming. Well, you can't the, the talk schedule is full, but you can still submit posters. Uh, there's technical proceedings that are published every year. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a pretty substantial uh, technical conference, but you know we work really hard to make sure that there's content available for everyone from novices all the way up to you know diehard software radio experts who've been doing this for 30 years. Nice. And like most conferences, though, you guys jump all over the United States then when you each year. Yeah, we do. We move every year. Uh, there was there was a couple of years there, 2014 and 2015, where we stayed in DC. Um, but every other that's the only time every year we've we've moved to a different city. Nice. Kind of gives opportunity to people who uh, can't travel too far to at least attend, which is yeah. really cool. That's one of the goals, right? Every every year you kind of you kind of pick up a different community, right? When we, when we went to Colorado, like there was a whole there's actually a very a fairly large community of people that use Gun Radio for cybersecurity and uh, infosec research. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of them in Colorado, and so we had a huge influx of cybersecurity folks. And you know, when we were in San Diego, we got a huge influx of. Uh, uh, Navy and shipping, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, and you know, when we were, uh, DC, obviously, you know, you get a lot of, uh, folks on the government side, uh, you know, Boston, there's a really interesting mix of sort of new tech startups and medical imaging and devices, which also, you know, use radio really heavily. So yeah, it's really interesting how, you know, depending on where you go, you sort of pull in a, a different demographic of the radio community. That's pretty neat. So let's talk about what else you have up your sleeve. So you just really started a, a new podcast too. I did, yeah. So uh, it's called Signals and Bits, and I, I, I wasn't. I sort of been thinking about this for a long time, and I finally decided, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give this a give this a shot. I'm gonna go for it. And one of the things that I really most enjoyed about uh, being part of Gun Radio is the breadth of people that I get to meet and work with and talk to. And it, we, we actually, you know, in, just in this discussion, you and I have talked about uh, s- like a very wide variety of things, right? You think about like what the Satinogs community is doing and, you know, compare that to what the Open Source Radio Telescope Project is doing. Um, you know, they're, they're both phenomenal and they're both amazing and interesting, and, and but in very different ways. And they're, they're doing different things. And the, the common thread, right, is open source software radio. And uh, so I've, you know, I, I feel very privileged to uh, been able to, to work with all these people and, 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 you know, talk to them and learn about what they're doing and, uh, you know, have you know, radio and uh, other, other things that I've worked on be part of that. And I decided, you know, I, I want to find a way uh, for everyone else to you know, hear about these things, to meet these people, to hear about the work they're doing, uh, to, to kind of provide a platform for that sharing of ideas and collaboration. Um, and so that's what Signals and Bits is. It's uh, kind of similar, to, similar to this podcast. It's, it's my interview podcast, right? So each episode is me interviewing someone from the software radio community. And uh, that is the common thread, that whatever they're doing is somehow related to or using or developing uh, software radio. And it's so far, it's, it's, I'm only a few episodes in, but it's been a lot of fun and, uh, I, I've been really excited to see the response. Yep. Podcasting is, is pretty addictive. <laughs> so it also yeah. makes you want to pull your hair out to it sometimes. I'll tell you that. But yeah, I was, uh, very surprised at 
how substantial the effort is to edit a single episode. That uh, that <laughs> that one. It, get, it gets it gets easier, but there's, you yeah. also find out too. There's there's uh, there's people out there that will that are more than willing to help you. You know. Oh yeah. When it, when it saw, comes to it. I found those services. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of my listeners will will write to me and say that they've listened to me on the train on the way to work. I mean, I've gotten letters from, you know, Australia, which is completely, you know, you would bore a hole from where I live and go straight through, and you'd pop out somewhere over there, but. <laughs> it, it's pretty cool to think that, you know, this guy is commuting to work the same way I commute to work. And while I'm listening to some other podcasts, this guy's listening to me. So it's it's really neat that it's a great way to, uh, to introduce people to what it is you're interested in as well as to educate and uh, share the knowledge too, which is really what my goal is, is just to, to share how radio and scanners work. And um, I believe, you know, it's the same thing you do on your podcast is how, you know, the things that go into new radio and, and you know, the you're more of the, the technical side and the, I mean, the last uh, episode I listened to you was, uh, first one I listened to you was one with uh, 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 Harold on, Corrosive. He was, oh, he was yeah. a guest of mine. And then uh, the next one you had on was, uh, I guess he was a uh, silicone uh, conductor. Um, yeah, he's an yeah. executive at Xilinx, the FPGA. Exactly, Xilinx, right, right. Yeah. I mean, that one went over my head. But yeah, that, still... that one that one got that one was deeply technical. That, yes. that, it, <laughs> it was still good yeah. listening though. It was still very interesting the way the way it was put together and how it goes in there. But uh it's it's very impressive to how um you know this hobby can go from being very simple to being very complex in, in the blink of an eye. So Yeah. And I'm I'm still experimenting too with it. And I don't know if you listened to the third one, uh which is uh my third guest was a is the head librarian at the Harvard Smithsonian uh, Center for Astrophysics, okay. and uh, so if you listen to her, to her interview and then compare it to the last two, all three of them are I, I'm sort of like experimenting with interview style and mm-hmm. how how often do I interrupt people? When do I jump in? When do I deviate? Like when when do I try to divert them from the path they're on? It, you know, there's all there's so much complexity to being a good interviewer, and I am for sure not one yet but I, I so i'm i'm really trying to figure out like how how do i do this well what makes a good interview what makes a good interviewer and what's interesting is that since having started the podcast now when I, you know listening to npr and that sort of thing uh i'm way more tuned in to uh you know the the method and approach of the journalist or the interviewer in npr it's like oh that was good or oh, you know I, i'm not sure i would have interrupted there <laughs> I know it's a lot to learn, and I'm, I'm going yeah. on, you know, almost almost two years. Right? I'm at this I, almost two years now with this, and it's like I feel like I'm still just getting started. And you go back to the early episodes, and you cringe listening to that, and it's like, you know, should I pull those down and start over again or not? But uh, yeah, you, know, you, I, you keep them up, and you'll you'll learn. I mean, it's it's um, you know, you just go with it, and it's like anything else. The more you do it, the better you get. I mean, look at what we're doing here with the radio stuff. When we first started, it was. Uh, brand new territory and and uh you know you can't compare yourself to the guy who's who's a thousand podcasts in you know it's yeah but it's fun either way so it certainly is yeah but uh this was definitely great having you on here do you have anything else that you want to uh bring up before we uh we split no i don't think so you actually hit my the two things i wanted to plug was uh you know grcon next month Mm -hmm. in huntsville alabama so registration still open and my own podcast signalsandbits.com uh but we went through both of those so i'm i'm all set Excellent. Yeah, I, I definitely forgot about the uh, the convention, so I'm glad you brought that one up. But I definitely wanted to make sure I hit you on the podcast as well. So where can people find you that want to learn more about uh, GNU Radio and uh, your podcast and also the convention? You have websites or uh, Twitter or – I mean how do, yeah, how do they all, find out more? All of the above. So uh, the 
the primary homepage for Gunner Radio is GunnerRadio.org, so GNURadio.org. Um, and then from there, it's pretty easily to pretty easy to find uh, the GRCon website. I think there's yeah, a huge banner at the top of the page. Much yeah. Right, yeah, right, <laughs> front <laughs> and center. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then Signals and Bits is signalsandbits.com, uh, and you know the the website is small, minimal, easy to navigate. Uh, okay. Should be relatively short, and it's also distributed on you know Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify and a few others. Right, uh, all the main so, players. Okay. Right. Right. Yep. And also, too, you can get to the podcast, too. If you can't find signalsandbits.com, you can just go to gnuradio.org, right? And then there's a podcast link at the top, too, right? Oh, is there? Somebody might have added that. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, that, that's how I found it today. So, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, was, I was looking for it. I'm like, oh, that's podcast. So, But it's up there. It's, it's on the right-hand side, at least when it was when I looked at it. So. Oh, wow. Yep, yep. All right. And then uh, as far as you, you have anything that you put up on Twitter or, or any other social media that they can uh, – they can grab you. Yeah, absolutely. So, Good Radio has a Twitter account. Um, it's managed by a few people. Uh, I'm I am the I manage it in the U.S. and then we have somebody in the EU and someone in the U.K. that kind of all right. You kind of do the handoff during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that the, the Good Radio Twitter account, which is just at Good Radio, is very active. Uh, and we have a lot of fun with that one. That's you know a mix of you know we share news and interesting right. comments and cool things from the community, but you know we also have fun with it. <laughs> Um, and then signals and bits is at signals and bits on Twitter. Okay. In the whole world, right? Signals and bits. That's right. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I know I'm following new radio on it. I'll make sure I follow signals and bits as well. So, but, uh, Ben, it was definitely a pleasure having you on the podcast and, um, I look forward to maybe having you back again in the future. If there's anything else that, uh, you're working on, or maybe we'll have you come in next year and, and really quickly plug, uh, an update to uh, the convention when you guys roll around next uh, September. That sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. This has been okay. a lot of fun. Sounds good. Thanks again. So I want to thank Ben one more time for being a guest on our podcast. I hope you guys all enjoyed the interview. And if you have any suggestions for future interviews, if you'd like to be on the podcast, if there's something you are working on that you'd like to share with the community uh, or anything else, you can be a guest. Just go onto skaterschool.com, click on podcast. That's going to bring you to a drop-down menu where you can click on become a guest. When you click on there, it's going to bring up a calendar. You can click the date and the time that works the best for both of us. And I'll confirm that and we'll have you on as a podcast guest. It's a very simple and easy process. And um, it, the interview goes really quick, to be honest with you. So, again, if you have any suggestions for the show, you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, I would love to have you on here. And I'd also like to thank our current Patreon supporters because you guys help keep scanner school funded so i want to thank our current patreon supporters steven sheffield scott Vorder, signals everywhere craig harper ken newberry kenneth fowler william r can dan glenn bryden anthony saggio raymond hill james felling mt bono and mark bb so i'd like to thank you all again for your support and again if you don't want to help support us via patreon we have other ways you can help support us we can do a one-time paypal donation as well as uh, our affiliate link so if you want to buy from scanner master or amazon or even look for software from Butel. You go to scannerschool.com support. And that's a great way to um, you know, find out how to help support us when it doesn't even cost you anything to do so. If you're going to make that purchase anyway, there you go. Now, next week we have a, a consulting call with Lou. Lou was the winner of our Ask Scanner School little uh, consulting contest I hold once a month. And all you have to do to win is to ask me a question. Now, right now, nobody's asked a question for the upcoming Ask Scanner School 
uh, session. So if you go to scannerschool.com slash ask and you ask me a voice question, you might be in a very easy running for a free consulting call. So again, scannerschool.com slash ask. You can email me, but you're not going to be in the running for the consulting call. If you email me, I'm trying to promote more people to use our voice methods, which are uh, SpeakPipe or our local number. So again, scannerschool.com slash ask. If you have a question for me related to scanner radios, and uh, we'll let you know more too about the live sessions that are coming. With that, I will catch you all next Tuesday. I want to say thanks again for listening. Thanks again, Ben, so much for being a guest on this podcast. And everybody go check out his podcast at Signals and Bits at SignalsandBits.com. And also, don't forget, I know it's really short notice, but again, and Ben has his new radio conference coming up in just a couple of weeks. It's actually less than a month from when this podcast airs. So again, if you want your tickets, if you're going to be in the Huntsville, Alabama area and you would like to learn more about it, you can go to gnuradio.org. That's G-N-U-R-A-D-I-O.org. And you can learn more and grab your tickets for a GNU Radio Conference 2019. They actually call it the GRCon. GRCon is being held in Huntsville, Alabama. And you can uh, get your tickets online at gnuradio.org. Again, it's less than a month away. I am Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the Scanner Radio Hobby. This podcast is copyright 2019, Monitor Long Island, Inc. We will catch you all again next Tuesday, 73.